Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, welcome to tonight's edition of Students for Better Future Radio. I'm your host Doreen Senko with Ruben Torres, and um, tonight we this is our we are celebrating our 360th show on the air, um, and the listeners just keep coming in, and we want to take this moment to thank you. Um, we're, we're reaching 65,000 listeners, um, and the base just continues to grow. Um, and folks, I do want to tell you that the show is sponsored by the 501c3 nonprofit, studentsforbetterfuture.com. Um, if you can go ahead and make a donation to that nonprofit, that would be great. That keeps the show running. And um, uh, we have a great show tonight. And by the way, the, the debate is on, right, Ruben? We'll be giving yes, everybody the, upda- the update on the debate. And, but before we get into that, um, Ruben might want to share a story with all of us. Yes. Um, and it's sor- sort of what we do on the campus. Uh, and by the way, this Thursday, um, there's going to be a national rally um, on on the, the public campuses um, about students wanting a free education. And we'll be down there. We'll be at William Patterson College with with the TV channel. Twenty one will be down there. Um, but you know, and, and that's a topic we'll get into a little bit. Free education. Um, we know nothing is free. Um, so the question is, you know, where w- will they want the money to come from? Um, and that's coming Thursday. And you can look look out for your campus. See if they're doing any rallies and all that. Um, and, you know, the whole thing on campus has always been about free speech. Um, and that goes back to the academic freedom and, and that whole notion. And we know that uh, on virtually a lot of our campuses, free speech, you know, it depends on who you talk to. Um, to the free speech by the leftists, they want it their way. And Ruben has a little story to tell us. Why don't you tell it, Ruben? Yes, I, I had made an extended an invitation to a, a professor at a major university who um, initially indicated that he wanted to come on the program. Um, and one of the topics was, which is very, I'm very passionate about it, is illegal immigration. But initially, he said, "Well, if you can change the name to undocumented immigrants, I would come on the show," because he said. I will not come on a show that one of his topics is on illegal immigration. He did not appreciate the term illegal immigration. And I basically said, okay, that's fine. You know, you have your preference, I have my preference. But this is what we're facing. We're facing individuals that want to trans- transform and change the way things are. I even send them a Wikipedia definition of what illegal 
illegal immigration, illegal immigrant is, illegal alien, and he still refused. So even if he showed back... Perhaps, Ruben, Ruben, if the title of the show was Social, Social Justice Education for a Better Future, maybe he would come on the show. <laughs> that, 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 that's a possibility, but I refuse, I refuse, I refuse to be politi- politically correct and change my ways and my freedom of, of, of expression just because he's not satisfied. You know, I'm not, I'm not asking him to change his way, but he's asking me and us and the show to go out of our way. So, you know, I respect you. You don't want to come on the show? Fine. But right. I think the real, the real reason is that he didn't actually want, he didn't want a debate. He, he doesn't want to, honest, most left-wingers do not want to debate. They don't want to debate the facts. No. No, they don't. And, and, and that's and why I want to tell everybody on Thursday about this uh, March for Free Education. Um, basically, what the left is, is trying to do, and they've been trying to do this all along, almost like health care, talks about higher, free higher education. You know, they want to... Um, have their their tuition and everything covered um, either, you know, somehow either taxpayer-funded or through the lottery, and in which Berkeley has, has had that done. Um, so the big question is, when we bring the TV down there, um, you know, we're going to ask them, um, you know, free education, okay, free, okay, Something the the money's got to come from somewhere, and that's going to be the question that we're going to ask the students on Thursday. Where, where would you get the money for this? Okay, because the the when you say free, the professors aren't going to work for free. The institution isn't going to operate for free. So the money has got to come from somewhere, and but that's how the leftists work. They have a tendency to to um, do this sneaky redistribution um, and, and use these words like free social justice and whatnot so it sounds nice, you know, so the program is being sold to the people. And, um, you know, and, and talking about free speech on the campus, that's why they have the, all the free speech laws there. And we have a group called FIRE, Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, that helps um, interpret these free speech laws that we see on the campus. And, you know, I mean, and, and they say it's free speech on campus, you know, but everything is regulated. You can't say this, you can't say that, you can't do this, you can't do that. You know, you can't put your flyers up. We've put flyers up on campus, and half the time they're taken down. You know, but if I was students for a democratic society, my flyers would be up all over the place. So, well, you know, in, but in addition to that, in addition to that, uh, um, Doreen, the fact is, the reality is that uh, universities today, the major universities and the majority of the universities and colleges in in, in our country are controlled by the left. They have been controlled by the left. So if the, if, if the academians, the professors, uh, they want to they work for free, 
I agree with them. But if they don't, then I'm totally against free education for everyone. Right. They're they're not working for free, and and many of them are making two, over two hundred thousand dollars, you know, per a ten month position, and you know, not to mention that I mean all of this is building into the students' tuition, you know, and and you know I'm just going to take a minute. Um, to to tell the people about what goes on about the what I call the fraud uh, in, in upper education, they make a student, for example, if he or she is going to become, um, uh, let's say, do something in finance, okay, or marketing or whatever, um, instead of sh- streamlining their academic courses to that, they make them take courses in the areas of social justice education or, um, you know, let's say um, some kind of Europe, uh, not European, some kind of African or culture studies um, when it, you know, it, it really doesn't apply to them. And they do that. So number one, that the university gets the money. Uh, number two, and they also say to the student that you don't pass unless you take this course. And number two, a lot of the professors um, are told by administration, you know, that if basically you want a job, you need to create disciplines. And so that's why we have all these disciplines here. And so the professor looks at different things and says, ah, I can do this study, you know, and and that's why we have all of this at the higher education. And to me, it's a big scam, um, you know. And and so we have our students going there. And I know, Ruben, you have a kid in college, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I do. Uh, okay, I'm sure, I'm sure he has gotten forced with credits that he, he may not need. Well, we, um, just, we, we, just, had, we just had the... Uh, we just had that happen because when he transferred from uh, New Jersey to to Texas, uh, college didn't want to accept because he was changing his, his major. They said, well, you're going to have to take all these credits again. And guess what? Uh, we've, we've been paying for his college. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, the universities, the universities have been, you know, basically taking our money. Uh, so, yeah. I, I would love for um, right. for colleges to be free, but let's start at the professors and you know the, the the people who are making the big money at the universities. Let them, you know, if they, if they want free college for everyone, let them be the ones who uh, take the uh, the brunt of it. Yes, and let's bring on our guest tonight. Yes. Um, she can weigh in on, on this. Uh, our guest folks tonight is Kimberly Morn, if I say her last name correct. Uh, she's of the Examiner of New, Hamp- New Hampshire. She's a commentator and investigative reporter for the Manchester Political Buzz Examiner. Welcome to the show, Kim. Hello. Hi, Kim. <laughs> um, Kim, have you... Uh, You've been listening to this. Do, do you have a, a an opinion on this or nothing? First of all, well, nothing is free. <laughs> College professors right. aren't gonna aren't gonna teach for free. Colleges aren't gonna provide all that they provide for free. So nothing is free. The money has to come from somewhere. And 
any college student who doesn't understand that should immediately be thrown out of college and and be taught some skills, some manual labor skill, because not that not that that's a bad thing, but clearly they shouldn't be in college if they think that it's free or it could ever be free. Right. And so Thursday, um, I'm with Channel 21 over here. We're actually going to go to the local campus, and I'm going to ask them, you know, do you, uh, where do you think the money is going to come from? Because nothing is free, and I want to see what they say. You know, it, say, it, it is. No. It's, the government, the federal government. They don't real. Some of them don't realize that that is us. <laughs> right, and uh, I do want to make clear that a lot of them, uh, you know, they don't see the high cost of the tuition, and they haven't really stepped into the real world yet. Um, so, you know, it's almost like they haven't seen it. You know. So to to them, I mean, what I'm gonna I'm gonna ask them, you know, nothing is for free. So we're gonna get their critical thinking skills up. So where must the money come from? Um, you know, and we'll see what kind of answers we come up with. You know, um, that's the only thing with, with a college student. They're in that in between age, eighteen, twenty-five. You know, they haven't really stepped into the real world, bought a house and, and see how fast the money goes, you know, and, you know, even for the K through 12 system, you know, the property taxes. Um, I know here in New Jersey, um, the, something like the cost to educate one kid in our public school systems over here is around 15,000, you know, right. and that, that comes from our property tax. So easy come, right. easy and, go. And, and people don't seem to realize that, Everyone's paying that. Even if you rent, that's figured into your cost of rent by your landlord who is paying it. Everyone is paying for that who rents or owns a home, and the cost just keeps going up and up and up. The biggest chunk of any property tax in any state, city, across the country is education. And what do we have for it? Our kids are, our kids are dumber than ever. That's right. It's mediocre. And um, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. I was going to so, say we, we've increased we've increased um, education. How much we spend on education by over three hundred percent since the seventies when unions became involved, and test scores have remained flat. And actually, test scores test scores now that Common Core has been put into place are falling. Yes, and on this note. Folks, uh, I do want to remind everybody that um, we are running an essay contest, uh, part of our tipping point on this subject, um, you know, explaining that the cost to educate a child is somewhere in between thirteen and 20000 depending on where you live. And um, the, the test scores have been mediocre. And what the college kids are going to have to do is come up with a streamlined process on how to correct that. And I want to remind everybody, if you can go to GoFundMe.com backslash tipping point, um, you will help us fund the contest. Again, that's GoFundMe.com backslash tipping point. Um, And we'll talk about that a little little bit later in the program. Um, But, Kim, I want to um, ask, um, 
you've been doing this for the um, Manchester, uh, for I'm sorry, for, for the examiner for how long? Um, I started out, I used to live in Massachusetts, um, so I started out uh, writing the beginning of 2009 at the Boston Independent Conservative Examiner, and then when I finally fled there to New Hampshire, I started writing at the Manchester Political Buzz Examiner. So I, ugh, I think 2011. Oh, okay. I have to look. I actually have to look. I can't. All the all the political days just kind of sort of combine into one. Right. And um, can you give us a, like a little bit of background about yourself? Like, what made you decide to do this? Um. I didn't really decide it. It decided me. Um, before before 2008, uh, well, during 2008, I was a, what I call a pure indie. So I was a, I'm still an independent. I've never belonged to a political party, and I never will be. But um, I'm just not a fan of them. Um, but I was a pure indie, meaning I didn't, you know, I got my news from regular news stations and, and I didn't necessarily know all the facts about history, and I didn't know Democrats lied every single word pretty much that comes out of their mouth. Um, I didn't know a lot of things. I was one of those people, I, I didn't even really watch television, but I did other things, and I wasn't involved in politics. I wasn't involved in local politics. Um, but I always was, you know, um, fiscally conservative, and maybe more socially moderate, so to speak. But in 2008, you know, I watched all the Democrat debates. I watched all the Republican debates because I didn't know who I would vote for because I didn't vote based on party. And sorry, that's my dog. Thanks, really. Uh, um, sorry, he's putting his two cents in. Um, uh, and when when um, the Reverend Wright thing came out, um, in regards to Obama, I thought, and then it went. It came out, and as fast as it came out, it went away. And I'm sitting there thinking, wait a minute, why aren't they still talking? Why is he even still in the race after that? And that's what got me. I said, there's got to be more information out there. So I just, I went online, and boy, did I find it. Yeah, um, and, and then you sort of found, you discovered what kind of world that we're living in. Um, I didn't even know the difference between a liberal and conservative back then. <laughs> I, I'm not well, even kidding. I had no idea. Well, Kim, I have to, uh, um, I have to really admire you because I know you say you're an independent, but you're physically conservative and social, socially moderate um, when it comes to social issues, just like me. Um, but living in Massachusetts. And then living in New Hampshire, well, not so much in New Hampshire, but in Massachusetts, where I think liberals dominate by five to one. It's probably like ninety-nine. Yeah, it's ninety-nine percent. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but um, and, and I, I interviewed the, the governor of, of Maine before he became governor. Uh, Correct. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, great, 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 great governor. But let me uh, get right to the point in regards to the, um, the the issues. 
immigration. Um, I'm not sure the impact that that illegal immigration has in New Hampshire or Maine, but I know in in Boston and in the rest of the East Coast and and in Texas and Arizona and, and the West. How do they see in New Hampshire illegal immigration as an issue for the presidential race? Because New Hampshire is one of the one of the first uh, primary uh, caucuses that are going to be happening. Yeah, yeah, that fun first in the nation stuff where we have presidential candidates here twenty four seven. Right. Um, it is an issue here because we have. Senator Gene Shaheen and Governor Maggie Hassan, who are both far left-wing lunatics, saying, sure, come on, bring them in, we'll take care of them. So it is an issue because not only, do, and especially in the bigger cities like Manchester and, and, and other places, but they have, you know, they'll have illegal immigrants come here or maybe refugees, and that takes away from the schools. It takes away from the kids that are already in, you know, the American children who are trying to learn because money now, money and resources now have to be put into these kids who maybe don't speak English and have different cultural issues that um, need to be addressed. So when you have illegal aliens or even refugees coming into your cities, uh, it takes away from the people that are already there. It takes away from your actual citizens. And the liberals don't care. They just say, come on down. And that's including in New Hampshire. Maine has issues, too, with that. Um, Maine has, um, and I don't know how many are necessarily illegal, but they have the refugees. And, you know, they end up, you know, taking over communities, really. So there's, there's, it's, it's an issue in every state. Of course, it's not an issue like border states, which would drive me personally insane, but illegal immigration and these refugees that they want to plop over here, wherever, is an issue that affects every single state in the country. Right, but uh, Governor Governor LePage uh, has been very tough in regards to uh, in regards to welfare recipients. You know, he he went ahead, and uh, I think he's very uh, tough on, on 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 this whole illegal immigration issue. He's not soft. I mean, that's one of the things that I liked about him when I interviewed him. Uh, before he became governor, I mean, he 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 he, he said, "I'm going to tackle these situations," and he has done that. And he has been demonized by the left in Maine. Of course, uh, but, but but I think uh, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I wasn't really familiar with New Hampshire. I'm I'm very surprised. I'm glad that um, uh, um, I became fully aware now that you have mentioned New Hampshire has that problem too, huh? Yeah, every you know, honestly, if there's not one state that doesn't. It's just some states obviously affect more than others. Like I said, like the border states and maybe states that say, you know, send 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 all everybody here. Um, it does affect it. And I know, um, as a matter of fact, some states don't even require you to require someone to prove their legal residence of the country. I know in Connecticut they do not. It is against the rule to ask someone applying for welfare benefits if they are legally in the country. So can you imagine well, how many illegal aliens are getting welfare in Connecticut? Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, well, you know, uh, with uh, 
Governor Foley, uh, I think that's his name. Um, no, no, Blumenthal, Blumenthal, the senator, who's who's in favor of uh, illegal immigrants. But but uh, in regards to um, to our governor, Governor Abbott, he just went. Down, he really came down on the sanctuary cities because I don't. Does New Hampshire have sanctuary cities? No, not that I know okay. of. Anyway, no. I think okay. there would be a big. Um, I think there would be a big problem if we did. <laughs> well, you know, one of one of the things that was really interesting with the elections of last week is that the deputy mayor or the deputy sheriff who basically signed on to the sanctuary cities in, in the city of San Francisco yes. was defeated, which actually proves that we have some intelligent left-wingers that That's actually Excuse me. That guy had. That guy was so corrupt. It wasn't even funny. You know why they booted him? Because of the Kate Steinle murder. They should have booted him long ago. That guy has a rap sheet of corruption that is a mile long. I wrote about him um, last week when that happened, or whatever, whenever that happened. Yeah. That guy was major corruption, and they let him get away with it for a long time until the public became aware of of what happened with the Kate Steinle murder. Right, right. I mean, uh, again, another yeah. incident, another incident where the Obama administration and the Democrats basically did not even send someone from the White House to the funeral, have not gotten in touch with the family, but they basically will do everything to appease the illegal alien community. Yes. Well, yeah. Because, ahead, Kim. you know, I was going to say... That's exactly what they're doing. They're appealing to them, and they know. And, you know, lover or hater, Ann Coulter is right. They know if they have all these illegals suddenly become legal or have them all voting, mm-hmm. this country this country will never, it will be progressive and roll down further down the hill, the, the hole to hell, faster than you can say boo, because that's what their goal is. Correct. And if that happens, that's it. We're done. We're done. And I right. I also want to interject here um, uh, because some of our students at William Patterson do come from. Well, they're born here in America, but um, they are of Hispanic origin, and they tell me, and and we're going to hear this on on next week's show, that um, the immigrants come here just to take from this country and they whatever money they make here they give it back to their their home country their their own their host country um and that's what we have going on here here because um these days especially you know with the technology and all that you, you know the immigrants don't have to assimilate you know because you, you can talk to somebody across the uh the ocean and you know in, in an instant you know, years ago, when the immigrants came here, they had to assimilate. Um, and, you know, and so now uh, what the, the students tell me is that you're going to see a lot of these just communities keeping to themselves. Well, we already and, see that. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you're right. And you know why they don't assimilate? It's not technology. It's our fault as a country. We didn't say English That's right. is English is the language of this country, 
And you, there's no pressing one, two, three, or four for whatever language you want. You speak English. You come here as an immigrant, you learn English. Uh, my ancestors did. I'm sure your guys' ancestors might have had to. It's yes. you come here and you learn English. There's no, there's no question about it. Feel free. To, it's great you speak a second language, but on our watch and on our country, if you're going to work within the country, go to school, whatever, you need to learn English, plain and simple. Um, Ruben, um, in Texas, because um, I know you're close to the border, do you see a lot of your signs just in Spanish? Yes, yes. I mean, but you don't even have to go to Texas. Go to Miami. Miami, yep. basically, uh, uh, you'll go into a, a supermarket or you go, and everyone will speak to you in Spanish. I mean, let me, let me put it this way. I, I'm a firm believer uh, that if you are in a, in a, in a certain country, you got to speak their language. Um, I speak Spanish, and I... Yes. You know, that, that's something that... But that, you're here in America uh, and you also speak English. Right. So And basically, but if if I want to speak Spanish, then I'll, 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 I'll speak Spanish. But if I want to, if I ask you a question in English, I expect you to uh, answer me back in English, not in Spanish. If I ask you a question in Spanish, I expect you in Spanish. I don't like the Spanglish, you know, mixing the English and the Spanish together. Um, that that's not right. But what really bothers me is that my 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 family came here and they had to wait uh, about three years and they had to pay five thousand dollars to get here yep. to the United States. And then I yeah. see all these individuals coming here, overstaying their visas, coming across the border, and I'm saying, wait a minute. And I have family that basically are waiting to come. Legally, and then these individuals just want to come here and get a free ride, and and that's and what's going to surprise a lot of people, going to surprise a lot of people come 2016, is a lot of legal Hispanics are going to come out and vote against the Democrats because of that reason, just like me, uh, because we feel like we went through the process the right way, and these people are trying to basically bend the rules. And and that's the problem. I knew someone who, um, she was married to an American, and she was from Ireland. It took her 10 years, and I don't know how many thousands of dollars, before she finally became legal. 10 years. And, you know, what what was the holdup? She was working here. She had a good job. She contributed to society. I don't understand what the holdup was, but she was here. Everything was illegal, but it took ten years. Yes, and our education system, in particular, our universities, um, you know, they reward stuff like that. You know, uh, like the undocumented can now pay in state tuition. You know, um, and they give them the benefits as well. Um, but let me ask you this, Kim. Now that a lot of them are here, okay, and I've always wondered about this. Um, now, let's say that, well, they do, and they come here, they have babies, and their baby is a automatic American citizen. Um, so how do we, what, what do we do in a case like that? 
Well, the first thing we do you is know, get do rid you... of that anchor baby crap. Excuse my language. Get wipe out that anchor baby image. That is that's not how it was intended, and but it's being used and abused, and it's been that way for decades. And that that needs to stop. Um, but you're right. I to be honest with you, I don't know the answer. Um, first of all, we we need to build a wall. I don't care what they say. It works in Israel. We need to do it here. Um, and we. This this is a, a hard topic because it's like, what do you do? I mean, they think they can get rid of millions of firearms, right? But they can't get rid of 11 million illegals? <laughs> yeah. And, well, uh, I tell the students, think like this. Maybe both parties, they don't want to to do anything because they because both parties are at fault and both parties have benefited you know they they let them in you know um especially well the the democrats let everybody in because they have the liberal policies and the republicans who support the corporations um for cheap labor and so that's why i i tell them that both parties are always doing a dog and pony show. You know, right. they're always putting it out there and they're lying to the American people about it. You know, and, and that's, you know, and the students agree with that. And, and you know, and I tell them that's why it's it's best that you think independently. Um, you know, and, and the politicians get kickbacks. And now, you know, the, these immigrants have, have strongholds, you know, and they, then they get into your system, they run for government, they get into education and whatnot, you know, and then next thing you know, you don't have a country anymore. Well, let me, if I can interject in there, one of the things that really, uh, one of the other things that really upsets me is, uh, which really I said it to my family already, I'm never going to visit uh, Disney again. These HB1 uh-huh. visas, visas, which allow companies to import uh, individuals, uh, mostly in the technology field, which is what the field that I've been for the past mm-hmm. 20 years. And then yep. it displays American workers and then they have the nerve to ask them to train them and keep them, and they get paid a lot less. Those are the individuals and those are the companies that I will never support again because of what they're doing. And every American should be upset and basically boycott and never go to these places again. You know, Ruben, that's funny you bring up the HB1 visas and technology because – I'm also in technology, and I worked at a really huge company with mm-hmm. – if you hear yelling in the background, it's because my husband's watching the debate. I apologize. Oh, <laughs> okay. I don't know what's <laughs> happening, but I can hear him yelling in the living room. Um, um, basically, um, I, I worked in this huge technology company. Well, a huge company wasn't just technology, but the technology division had all these HB1 visas, and I was like – think I thought to myself – why? I know plenty of people in IT. Why do they mm-hmm. need to go to a different country to hire these people and bring them over here? 
and it's because of the cheap labor. Correct. But basically, also, basically uh, go ahead. Well, I was say, that cheap labor also brings down our salaries as well. Correct. Correct. I mean, I, I, I've been a, a, a network engineer, and one of the things that I've noticed, uh, the, the salary range has come down, and companies are basically doing more more contract. And that whole, that when I started, basically, they would want you to stay there for so many years. Now, as you get older, they want to basically bring Individuals from China, from India, from Russia, from Eastern Europe, Eastern Europe, and have them bring them. That's the reason Bill Gates and the U.S. Ch- Chamber of Commerce, they basically are pushing HB1 visas. Americans do not wake up, especially us, technically educated Americans. These individuals are coming in on HB1 visas, and they will take our jobs. And... That's the reason I'm not as much concerned in regards to the individuals that are crossing. They're breaking the law, but they, I'm not. I'm not nervous about them taking my position because they're coming for a lower skilled positions. Right. But we have to wake up about the HB1 visas. But anyway, Doreen, uh, if you're we're, alive, we're can a... we go on to the? Can we go on to the next topic? Uh, yeah. Okay. You want to go first because I want to ask you about the Clintons. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, uh, well, and particularly Hillary Clinton. Um, I, I don't. We don't know what's going to happen to her, um, but she could still be the next president of the United States. You wrote an article. It was called "The Ugly Truth About Hillary Clintons and the Very Long and Corrupt." political career and investigations and whatnot. Um, and, and I just want to talk a little bit about that. Um, can, can you mention at least two of her, some of her investigations Oh God. that were done on her? Go ahead. First of all, she had um, Whitewater, which we all know about, right? I think most people yeah. have heard about Whitewater. Um, that that was a long investigation. That was when she, I think she was, she was actually in the White House when that happened. She was the first lady, she was the only first lady in history to ever be subpoenaed in front of a grant, by a grand jury. And that was her dealings with the law firm and um, uh, things like that. Uh, that was before she was in the White House, but the investigation came to light while she was in the White House. Um, then there was Travelgate. Um, her, supposedly was her, fired the entire White House travel staff. And I, if, I don't know if you guys know how the federal government works, but typically there's federal employees, certain departments, and they're just there. They work under multiple presidents. That's their career. That's their job. Um, and that's how it was in the travel department for the White House. There was people who had been there working under seven presidents. They were all fired because she wanted her millionaire Hollywood travel agent buddies to get the job and get the business. Um, that was investigated, and it, she was found. They were found uh, to be wrong because they lied and said there was some shaky dealings going on with money or whatever. And they had to hire, I think, all of them or most of them back. 
Um, then, of course, there was Cattlegate. Cattlegate was, um, she, before, this was right before, I think, um, her serial sexual assault, her husband became governor. And she made some deals. She put in, like, I don't know, $5,000, and she made hundred grand off it. And it was, like, day trading type thing. And at first she lied and said she did it herself. She made all the trades herself. But then it came out that, no, she really had someone doing it for her. And then there was a whole deal with, you know, she was involved with Tyson somehow. And, oh, Tyson could get deals for her. You know, that her husband would be uh, not as bad on, on Tyson and their factories. <laughs> Excuse me. So that was another investigation. Um, what did I give you, three? Yeah, but that's okay. I'm listening. Girls, no, I, um, I have. Yeah, I'm so just, interesting. I'm trying to. I'm trying to look up exactly because I know exactly what you're talking. Oh no, it's better under this one. I actually, have, um, I wrote it for the Federalist Papers as well. Um, because I think so if I think, people when they go and vote, they think they're going to be getting Bill. And he's a dirtbag too. That's what I don't get. He's horrible. He is a serial sexual assaulter. People don't even know. I talk to young women, right? They're liberals. Uh, you know, whatever. That, that's fine. They're liberals. But I talk to them, and they, they're like, why do you hate, you know, what, what about Hillary? And I'm like, her husband was a serial sexual assaulter, and she not only did she victimize his victims, but she enabled him to continue victimizing more innocent women because she did nothing. And I'm not talking about the women he had affairs with who were willing partners, although I still think it's wrong, the Monica Lewinsky thing. She can say she was a party to that all she wants, but when you're 24 years old and the most powerful man in the world is making plays at you, come on. Um, but these these young girls don't know the truth about Hillary Clinton. A lot of people don't know the truth about the Clintons in general, and they... They, that's why they think they're good. Well, the media sort of, you know, downplays the, the stuff that the Clintons do, you know, because the media is overwhelmingly in, in their ballpark there. Um, and you mentioned, uh, we talked a little bit about Bill. Um, and I just want to let everybody know that, um, and I'm going to bring this up, um, when Bill Clinton left office, um in 2001, um, he had commuted the sentence of Susan Lisa Rosenberg. Um, and this is kind of important. This, this Susan Lisa Rosenberg, she was an American radical political activist, author and advocate for social justice and prisoners, prisoners' rights. However, she was sentenced to 58 years in prison on weapons and explosive charges um, because she was a um, do you guys remember the Brinks robbery in 1981 Mm -hmm. Um, Susan was a member of the Weather Underground and in the Brinks robbery um, two police officers and an armored car guard they were killed and they suspected this one this felon Susan Lisa Rosenberg in making the weapons and explosives and um 
you know, I just thought I'd bring this to people's attention um, because now I believe since she's been out, she's um, she's out teaching somewhere. Um, you know, and and the thing is, do, do you want these types of out on the street? And Bill Clinton had, had was the one that had commuted her sentence. Um, you know, and there was a few others. Um, so, you know, that's why I, th- I said if people go and um, when they vote for Hillary, they think they might be getting Bill. You know, that, that's right. one of the reasons why I think. Yeah. Um, and, well, go ahead. Well, Kimberly, uh, we have eight, eight candidates on the Republican side discounting the four that are in the kitty table uh, debate. Hmm. Uh, and then we have three candidates on the Democratic side, uh, Hillary O'Malley, governor, former governor of Maryland, and Bernie socialist uh, Sanders. Uh, a breakdown, a quick breakdown of each candidate. I mean, we've spoken about Hillary already. On the Democratic side, um, Bernie Sanders, how do you see him, uh, especially – do you think he'll do well in the New England states in these? Uh, will he be a candidate that will be a formidable candidate against Hillary? Um, um, only if people have totally gone off to the third rail. Um, but he was actually he was actually doing well against Hillary in New Hampshire um, for quite a while. He is he's a populist. I know he's a socialist, but he he's saying all these, I'm going to give you this for free, and I'm going to tax the rich, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And people don't understand. Bernie Sanders supporters don't understand economics. If they did, they would never even look at him twice. Um, so I think, and and this is a big problem in this country, we've had decades of being dumbed down by public education and the media, and this is, you're seeing the result of it now. You're seeing people be so completely ignorant and uninformed that they actually think anything Bernie Sanders is suggesting would actually work. So, right. so I, I don't know. I mean, the guy is like a cartoon character to me. But it's, it's, he's the, at least he's honest. At least he's honest about what he wants to do. Hillary Clinton wants to do the same thing. She's just not honest about it. To be honest with you, I think the only reason Bernie Sanders is in the race is to help Hillary Clinton look more moderate. For the Because as you and I and all three of us know, independents mm-hmm. really actually win the election, right? We decide the election, not win. Right. We decide it. So you have Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton as independent, as a say, I was still I put my pure indie mask still on. Um, I'm looking at these two candidates and I'm thinking that guy's crazy. Oh, but Hillary doesn't look so bad, and O'Malley's just a non-entity. Um, well, I, I look at it. I look at it. One, one, one is corrupt, and the other one is is crazy. Right. Well, that's true. That's one thing. You know, with the emails and and Benghazi and everything, I mean Hillary Clinton, she's got what a sixty, fifty-seven percent or sixty percent, uh, dis untrustworthy rating or disapproval rating. Right. 
You can't win president with that. You can't. Unless you cheat like well, that. As long as you're not being supported by George Soros and the Hollywood oh, crowd. Funny then, with him, though. Yeah, then, 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 of course, you would not be supported. I mean, you would not win. But as long as those individuals, then you have a chance to win. But let's move on to uh, Peter O'Malley. Oh, God. O'Malley, I tortured that man on Twitter. He, <laughs> I was, I was, um, I like to protest the Clintons. I've protested Hillary a couple times, protested Bill Clinton when he came here for dinner. Um, and I was uh, at a, we protested the DNC, uh, or maybe it was the New Hampshire Democrat Convention or whatever it was. And so you have all these people, you know, just like all these conventions, all the people supporting the others. And we're standing there with our anti-Hillary signs and whatever else signs. And O'Malley comes walking down the sidewalk with some of his supporters. And one of his supporters is yelling into a thing and saying, blah, 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 O'Malley did this or that. And one of the things he says is, O'Malley, banned assault weapons. And so I yelled, I'm like, really? You're proud he took your rights away? I mean, <laughs> that's so ins- So that's what I think about O'Malley. I, I actually challenged O'Malley to a debate on firearms. He won't do it. <laughs> he won't. I mean, most... Mo- the majority of of the left wingers are are chicken when it comes to really debating. Okay, so let's move on to the Republican. Doreen, do you uh, wanna you wanna step in? Uh yeah, let's let's do the the Republican. Um, wh- who's your your uh, lead candidate? I don't do have can, one. Who do you like? I I like a few of the candidates. I don't endorse candidates. I don't pick a candidate. I decided this year that I don't think it's right that independents should be allowed to vote in primaries. They can't in every state, but they can in New Hampshire. And I don't think it's right. If you can't commit to a party, you should not be able to pick their candidate, their nominee. So I, I, I have voted in a couple primaries, but I will not do it anymore. And I'm basically just standing back and letting Republicans do their thing. Um, there's some candidates I absolutely, absolutely do not like, like Kasich. Um, you know, sorry. How about Obama Ted Cruz? I like Ted Cruz. I like yeah. Ted Cruz. Yeah. I've met him several times. Um, I, uh-huh. Oh, go ahead. So well, who, who I, I, would I, I, be, be your you. pick if, if, let's say, if the election were held in a month or so, okay, um, who would be your pick um, who would get in or who would be able to take Obama out? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm, try- I'm trying to think. Um, I See, it's easier for me to talk about who I don't like than who I like. It's so much easier. Even Even when I've worked on campaigns, it's always easier for me to do the opposition research and talk nice about the candidates. <laughs> 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 um, I, so I kind of have my picks. Um, uh, I'll start with Donald Trump. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I like Donald Trump. You know, um, he could be a little crazy. Uh, you know, he's not exactly 
politically correct, but, you know, we don't go on that. Um, But what's interesting about Donald Trump is that he has seemed to bash all the other candidates except Ted Cruz. Right. I don't know if you guys have noticed, so I'm wondering what what is up with that? Well, can I... uh, uh, Go go ahead, Ruben. You want to take that one? Just just the reason is because I think eventually they have... he. If Ted doesn't make it as a nominee, he will become the the V. But that's what, that's what I wanted to say. Um, go ahead. Okay, so so then they might have some kind of um, backroom deal or something together. Right. Uh, right. Uh, okay. I personally, um, I personally don't think Trump is in this for the long haul. I really don't. Yeah. And that's another thing we have to look at. Uh, I mean, why would you, I, honestly, to be the president, it's a step down for him. <laughs> if you think about it, his lifestyle, what he does, the things he says, if you're president, you're tied to that rule 24-7. You can't take off for the weekend and go, go well, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> Forget <Yeah>. that. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. I, I, I think, I think um, eventually the, uh, I think Donald Donald Trump has basically created a new environment in in regards to how the media, the left wing media of this country, how they should be attacked. How should they? How how you should counter attack any of their lies. And I think that's going to be a new, a, a new agenda for any new presidential candidate or any anyone who's running for office. Like you know the way Ben Carson just did it, the way uh, Ted Cruz, the way he attacked the CNBC. I think that's what is going to be remembered about Donald Trump that he stepped forward because a lot of the Republicans have basically been they have been complicit and afraid to challenge the established left-wing media in this country. Right. That's and true. It, that is true. And, you know, Ted Cruz has been one of them who's done it. Um, mm-hmm. it actually, Fiorina's done it. Uh, see, I, that's one thing. That's one, like, it's, I, I've interviewed Trump, and he was, a, he was a nice guy. I'd hang out with him until he started talking about himself too much. Honestly, you know, for a long length of time, but I thought he was a nice guy. He seemed sincere, um, but it was the first debate that killed killed him for me. That that was the, I was done because he claimed that um, universal health care in Canada worked and it was good. It's not. I know lots of people in Canada. It's not. Yes. And as well as there's facts to back that up, but he also um, the whole eminent domain thing. I, I just. I can't. I am. I'm a liberty activist. I am all about the Constitution and what are my rights. And let's get, take, let's repeal more laws. We shouldn't put any new laws in place. We should be repealing laws. Um, and so that to me defies everything that I believe in. Um, so that's what that the, that's the debate. The the universal health care killed me, and then the eminent domain. Those two things done. So that's what you know. Not that I was ever for him, but, you know, like I said, I don't endorse anyone. There's certain candidates I like over others, but he did actually do a good job at the last debate. I'm not sure how he's doing tonight. 
but I'm sure we'll find out. Um, but that, um, yeah, that, those are sort of my thoughts on him. Yeah, and, and actually, um, have these candidates also been making education an issue? Because yeah, um, yeah, because we get a lot about the Common Core, and Common you know, Core is it, a big it's issue here. Yeah. Yeah, and it should also um, be questioned that these candidates should be a- be asked during their debate as well. What would you do with the education system? Because, you know, it, it's been flunking, and this Common Core has only made it worse. Right, and um, um, they're, always, they're usually asked that kind of stuff here when they come on the campaign trail because we have, um, you know, education activists here and a lot of us have fought against Common Core um, just to get screwed by Republicans. But, you know, that's a different story. But, uh, yeah, that's a huge issue because even though Common Core isn't a federally mandated program and it wasn't Obama's idea, um, it's still being funded by the federal government and, that you know, giving out carrots. If you do this X, Y, or Z, if you put this into place, you're going to get, you know, extra money or whatever. So it's a huge problem. Yeah. That and Obamacare's Medicaid expansion on the state level. Oh, yeah. Let's not forget. Uh, let's not forget Kim and Doreen in, in our audience. Uh, one of the things that really shocked me when I started reading about the budget bill is that, especially anyone who's going to be retiring in the next ten years or next fifteen years, there's been a wholesale changes in regards to how you you're able to retire, like, for example, that apply and, and, and suspend process where you would retire and not collect your benefits until later on, well, that's going to be eliminated. Um, so this budget deal that was signed around 12 o'clock midnight when no one was listening to it uh, and no one was around, it's going to have such a huge impact on our seniors, that it's really going to, I think that's that would be something great if you can write an article on that, Kim. Yeah. It's, wait, what was the last thing you said? I didn't hear it. It would be great if you can write an article on, 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 on the impact that this budget bill that was signed by Obama and, and the 19 rhinos that will impact how how individuals are going to be getting their Social Security and how much less money they'll be able to collect. Because as of right now, if, if, if my wife and I would retire, or she would retire, and I would keep working, I can still get part of her benefits until I retire. Right, right. Um, okay, um, Ruben. Unfortunately, unfortunately, we're we're out of time, Ruben. Um, we'll yeah. have Kim back, and she could take wow. the question on. Um, Kim, do you have a website? You mentioned your website. Um, I do. Excuse me. It's um, I'm an examiner. I'm the Manchester Political Buzz Examiner. I also write for the Federalist Papers, and I also write for the Heartland Institute. Oh, and Granite uh, Rock. Okay. And so, oh, yeah. so if you if you want more information on Kim, you can go to our website. Um, you can also contact us. 
Um, and once again, folks, we are out of time. Uh, I'd like to thank you for listening and thank Kim for coming on. Um, thanks, Kim. And we'd thank like you, to Kim. have her back. Uh-huh. And folks, next it's been week... Enjoyable. Um, yes. Folks, next week we have the um, Students for a Better Future group, William Patterson University, coming on with us. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun because you're going to get perspective from the students. Uh, and that's next week. So join us next week at 9 p.m. Tuesday night. Thank you and good night. Good night, Ruben. Good night. Have a good one. Good night. Yeah, thank you.